0: Hey, everybody, this is Haley of Real Peach Yoga. Um, but today we're discussing tarot cards. Uh, so you can visit my Instagram. It's Real Peach Tarot. Um, I offer personal readings, public readings, group party readings, as well as um, doing pretty much daily um, collective readings and messages for those out there who need to see it. And this journey has really um, been a lifesaver to me and has brought me to this place of beauty that I never thought possible. And so I have, you know, experienced all of this firsthand and would love to be able to share it with others. So this is, um, I guess, more of a Tarot 101 towards readers, uh, new readers, people who are interested in it, or people who want more insight into tarot cards um, in general, because they have a lot of, you know, misunderstood misconceptions and such, and you don't have to be some new age psychic witch to believe and read tarot. Um, So a lot of misconceptions surrounding the people who read it and the beliefs around all of it. It can get into, I guess, some sticky territory depending on, um, who you're talking to, but I imagine if you have found this podcast, then this is for you, and you might resonate with what I have to say, and maybe it will help open you. Hmm. So, what is tarot? It is connection, insight, advice, guidance, spirit, um... A large part of the masses really don't accept or believe in tarot cards. It has been pretty um, stereotyped as something dark and demonic, especially by a lot of the organized religions. Um, but this is really a wild inaccuracy, and it's based on you know kind of just false information and judgment. I'm sure there are people out there who use tarot in a more dark way, Um, but that's not all it is, and that thing is the person, like, the energy of the person who is reading it and their intentions, you know, that's what matters, so when somebody is reading tarot for, you know, the collective good or to help others in their lives, offering insight or really care and wanting to help see people succeed and turn themselves around and overcome obstacles. Um, So there is this beauty in the practice um, for some, this compassion and care where it stems from, basically a call to service. (laughs) Um, But, you know, a lot of people will reject what they don't understand, which that's kind of, you know, human nature, and we form these opinions and biases, and we're conditioned to think and believe and feel certain ways that when we're presented with um, something that could, you know, cause a conflict with that, we'll react, and a lot of that reaction is to reject, you know, so that comes a lot with the, the healing and closed offness that we have as, you know, humans. And this kind of innate need to judge and create drama and a lot of these other um, negative aspects of self. (laughs) So this is where I work to dispel that and to maybe plant a seed in someone else so that they can one day be a little more open to believing. Or at least, even if you don't believe yourself being non-judgmental towards that person who does believe it you know live and let live (laughs) um so tarot really though it's it's just a tool for communicating um for receiving answers or insights into your life you know about troubles or concerns it's not necessarily supposed to be dark and harmful really it's helpful and it's helpful to your highest good and it helps you to overcome obstacles to you know transform darkness within you to show you the places that you need to shine a light in, the traumas that still need healing um so many different things like messages that can be conveyed to you but in your best interest so we're being guided by our higher selves because tarot is based on intuition and connection to the source of all creation um so for me, during my personal journey, I saw this as basically a practically holy connection um, and a holy practice, um, not necessarily the same way as, well, I guess kind of being the same way as, like, praying in a way, because I'm trying to communicate with the higher source of creation. It's almost a conversation. A lot of the times it can be, especially if I'm reading for myself. <laughs> Um, but being so aligned with, um, the source of everything with God that I found this practice, um, through like synchronicities and it was something I felt called to do like stronger and stronger until I couldn't ignore it. And then I finally started learning and studying and, you know, it's just one practice that has accompanied my entire, you know, life of spirituality my yoga and meditation, um, do a lot of, you know, biofeedbacks, um, essential oils, I am a natural, holistic practitioner, hippie, witch, whatever you want to say it, and I am proud, and you should be too, we need to take pride in ourselves a little more, and a lot of the times when we don't take pride, especially in, um, things like this, it's a fear, fear, um, you know, based in, rejection and judgment which is you know fear within ourselves that we have to work to overcome and I am no longer afraid I am myself and there are people who will absolutely appreciate that and love it to death and then there are people who are going to reject it call me crazy and all of these other things and whatever you know I accept it (laughs) because somebody else's opinion should not dictate how you feel about yourself. Okay. Anyways, back to the tarot. Um, but it is a really good lesson that goes in, you know, along with accepting like a calling to do this type of, of work. <laughs> um, but I feel incredibly honored and lucky that I can be used as like, a conduit to, to channel these messages and to interpret these energies and to receive for whomever needs it. You know, I'm really grateful that I've been set on this path and introduced to this, this practice and this uh, new world of the new age that has, you know, really become my home within like the rest of this like community. So there's, you know, I guess a community of people awakening on the ascension journey and such. And, it really feels like a beautiful home to know that even if like we don't personally know each other, I feel that I'm not alone and that there's you know everyone else out there. Of course we're all connected as human beings um, but there's some there's a special a different type of energy shared um, amongst the, the collective who's going through a wave of awakening. It's beautiful and super spiritual and it's great and if you're not on that journey, and you're listening to this, maybe you will soon be on that journey, or maybe your journey will start within your next lifetime. Who knows? Because you're special too. We all are. I don't at all feel superior um, that I've, you know, been working on this path and working towards these goals and creating this certain life. I do feel special, I feel special about, like, my place in this universe and my soul's mission here on Earth, though I do believe everyone um, truly is special and possesses all of this same potential within them. It just um, usually lies more dormant. Now there are levels, and not everybody goes through this at the same rate as the others. So it's an entirely unique process, just like we are. But this awakening is really... its And everybody has different names for it, Um, but what I'll use is kundalini. The kundalini energy and the kundalini awakening, it's like the ultimate source of energy. It's basically everything of all existence. This is the supreme consciousness, the gateway towards heaven, the gateway to light, the gateway back to everything in existence and connection to the universe and consciousness and source and it lies down at the base of the spine and it's often depicted in this um the kundalini is a like a snake like a coiled snake at the base of the spine where your tailbone is and as the awakening process happens you know she rises and she awakens and she slithers and she rises and she ascends and then is is transformed transmuted to the heavens is connected um, all the way up through, you know, the crown, the, the top of the head, your crown chakra opens and you are connected supremely to the divine. I think it's incredible. <laughs> I'm not quite there, but fingers crossed, man. Cause that's, I think the goal, that's what I'm working towards. I and mean, that's what a lot of people on this journey are working towards. So good luck, everybody. Godspeed. But yeah, no matter how many lifetimes it takes, everybody does have um, this potential. Just not everyone um, is ready to awaken or ha- even has had those seeds planted to where they might, you know, not even know anything about this. And that's cool. That just means it's not their time yet. But and not everyone who reads tarot goes through this either. Um, so you do not have to be this, you know woo-woo voodoo psychic um, to read tarot cards, but there is a bit of a different experience between someone who just reads cards for interpreting the face value messages and someone who has tapped into their intuitive source of consciousness and is is flowing and receiving these energetic messages um, in a very psychic way one delivers messages and then one feels the messages and can deliver extraneous information that comes out of the blue, comes out of nowhere, but is just known because it's being told to them by source. And it's their intuition and their levels of psychic abilities picking up on wild things. And it's, it's really apparent because when this happens, usually the, um, the client, um, is a lot more shocked (laughs) so you know all of these concepts are really widely accepted in this community because of you know obviously the openness to the metaphysical and this openness really does lead to more valuable and authentic readings um because the energy is more conducive for letting the higher influence flow and you know while disbelief is totally valid sometimes it does um present a little bit of a repelling energy or influence um, through a lot of this like skeptic energy will possibly be transmuted onto the cards um, because it is all about energy. So when you're infecting the energy with something a little more negative, it might be warping your outcome. Although you'll still receive a reading that's, you know, accurate enough to have like a skeptic even leave kind of wide eyed, like, holy shit, how did you know that? But that's that's it, baby. <laughs> um, so there are different types of energies and readings. So we're just going to jump right into it. You know, when it comes to um, advice on action or something of the sort, um, you can decide to really reject the message or, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You don't have to listen to anything the cards say because, you know, free will. It ensures, you know, that you have the possibility to say no or to reject it, but um, if you do not, you know, heed the advice that you've been seeking, you could possibly find yourself um, living out of alignment, and that could potentially, you know, lead you to making a lot of harmful choices, or um, not making decisions that could save you from, you know, harmful repercussions, or for sabotaging yourself, those around you, and your future. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds really heavy when you say it like that, huh? (laughs) I mean, it's not, sometimes it's really not all that serious. Um, but, you know, I'm talking like really weighty matters, because the cards can dictate a lot, um, not just, you know, really small matters, like, what's gonna happen today? But maybe you could ask about, what can you tell me about the death of a person? Or what can you tell me about breaking up or a marriage or something of those sorts, so, like, important life decisions and really, um, weighty matters, (laughs) so, yeah, they definitely can't dictate your life, um, but it's pulling directly from your subconscious, and, you know, that coupled with, like, the intuition to deliver a deeper message, it's pretty, um, Hard to ignore, because that's almost as if you're, you know, you're giving yourself, you're literally giving yourself this advice that's in your best interest, but using the, you know, the cards as a tool for those energy. The cards, they merely just give a visual uh, message and interpretation of, you know, the energies that are already within you. So these answers are coming from within you. So, when you have those answers and you still choose to ignore it, you need to, like, decide, is this my, is my ego just trying to, like, ignore it because I'm rejecting the fact that this is in my best interest and I don't want to um, concede or compromise, so I'm going to stay stubborn and in my, you know, egoic energy. Hmm. There's some things to think about. So, I guess in that case, I mean, you can really equate it to magic because light magic <laughs> because you can tap into these energies fully. Um so I guess associating tarot with witches is a, acceptable, I guess, um even though the stereotype is kind of harmful. But I personally read tarot because, you know, I felt this like calling to serve a higher power in the universe by delivering these intuitive messages and advice to others. So, for me, it plays into the bigger picture. Um it's just one, you know, small practice under really the metaphysical, like, branch of help, help and spirituality, I guess, and, um, it can help us to see what's, like, missing, blocked, what's coming, and so you find these, like, this information, and, you know, sometimes it can leave you in that state of, okay, but what do I do now? How can I even help myself? And even in those situations, sometimes the cards can offer some pretty, um, great advice on how to get started on that, or to, how to transform the energies, or overcome the blockages, and what you should be doing to help make your life better, you know, and the energies that the cards encompass are really pretty damn thorough, like, they don't leave anything out, so you're never really gonna have a reading that is going to leave you. Well, you might be left wanting more if you just have like a shit ton of questions, but I always find myself very satisfied after I've been doing some readings for myself and I feel calm and collected and empowered and strong. So, um, there are the times when the cards are giving you the energies of what needs to happen or how it needs to be transformed, but might not, you know, give you the exact, um, answer of what you need to do it or what action you need to take might not be as clear. So this is like honestly where I see incorporating a lot of other practices into um, the tarot to supplement it and to help because, you know, if things are too hectic and you can't quiet them down, sometimes your intuition can't speak to you and the answers can't come to you. So I like to couple it with, like, meditation and yoga with a lot of specific, um, you know, mudras, mantras, and crystals and stuff to help transform these energies and to help me see answers that weren't there before or that were there. I just either was choosing to ignore it or couldn't see at the time. And um, I will be putting out a new tarot deck in the near future. And with it, I'll be releasing um, a companion guide which it'll be like a nice thorough book that will accompany the readings. And with every single card, it gives you um, a lot of different advice and tips and methods and such to do to help um, the energies and the situations indicative of the cards. So keep an eye out for that. (laughs) It's a fun new project and, I'm incredibly um, excited to be working on this, so stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> I know, but well by then everybody's gonna be like, Oh my God, when's it gonna be out? That's just my my hopeful thinking that's that's what happens in my dreams, my daydreaming, which is very important to achieving your goals and dreams <laughs> so um, yeah, I guess from my point of view and how I interpret, you know, the tarot practice as a whole, it holds, I think, to me, immense, like, weight and meaning, and yeah, sure, um, tarot cards actually started as a parlor game, and then, like, was it really, it's like 1700s Italy, 1400s Italy, something of the sort, sorry, I'm not really good at dates, and I never was in history either, so, forgive me for not knowing the exact date but it did start as like a parlor game and then transformed into what it is now I think after people realized how they could use it so to me that's kind of cool and with tarot usually you're not going to be asking any yes or no questions because there is no um there are some decks that give you um an interpretation of whether the energy of the card is a yes or a no and so certain decks or if you do enough searching on the internet you can i guess find you know a yes or no answer depending on what's drawn but usually um the tarot cards don't deliver just straightforward yes or no answers to those types of questions so um you can still get those answered just by like you know supplemented practices so whenever i have a yes or no question i use a pendulum And I'll probably do a lot more about pendulums later. Because, like, how the heck do those work? Energy. I mean, everything's energy. But to me, it's the coolest thing. And I love the pendulums because I believe in them. But, you know, when you hold them, it literally will swing back and forth for yes and in the circle for no. And when you're practicing with it, you know for damn sure that is no accidental movement. And... You know, there are skeptical people out there for pendulums, and that's cool, too. A lot of people skeptical about tarot will have the same views on a pendulum. And sometimes the word pendulum even conjures negative um, feelings or viewpoints and stereotypes. So it's one of those things, don't knock it till you tried it. And I've tried it, and I love it. And I'm here to spread the love. (laughs) to be as life changing and affirming the whole tarot practice in general. So yeah. Um I've literally had clients that have almost cried with the amount of like honesty and accuracy that comes from um the cards. And you know these these same people like tend to look at you for advice. A lot of the times when you do readings, if it's something <clears throat> a little more personal, it almost turns into like a mini therapy session. And so, like, I help in any way I can without, like, overstepping boundaries because sometimes people aren't ready to hear the truth or can't quite, like, deal with someone telling them to do something that they don't want to do, even if they fully know it's in their best interest, <clears throat> or if you're telling them, you know, them that it is, but then they're their own person with their own perception and making their own choices, so that's totally fair. <laughs> you just have to kind of accept it, you know? Even if the guidance is really in their highest interest, sometimes they still might reject it. Um, sometimes the person's fear, you know, and a lot of the darkness they have inside is really developing these defense mechanisms to reject and react to what you have to say. And these are really important times to remain objective and not to let it get to you and and say, okay, well, if you're ready to hear it, you know, then I'm here to tell you kind of thing. And there are definitely like, you know, boundaries especially with like close relationships um sometimes it's good to ask them if you know you can tell them more information about this certain topic it might be sensitive to them there could be any number of things you know kind of read the room watch your body language um be mindful when you speak just make sure that you're not like you know telling people something that they might um go off the handle for Guys, I have definitely um, had readings before where the information being conveyed to them was not so positive, and I didn't really know how to say it in a way that would relay the sense of urgency without, you know, having them freak out, and so that's when being really mindful with your words matters. So... You know, as a reader, it's definitely important to te- protect your own energy because there are so much of these energies flying around the room from, you know, both of you. And so, especially when you're doing reading for another person, you're drawing from their energy and kind of opening them up to it, like, in a certain way. So, trying to not take on someone else's energy can be a little difficult. And especially if, you know, it's a little more of a negative energy, it can leave you really drained and almost feeling sick afterwards. And this has happened to me before. After reading, I just feel like, oh man, like heavy headache, just like almost went to sleep. Like I feel drained and restless and anxious and just like sad. <laughs> there are times where I have to like realize this is not my energy and go do what I can to self-care and turn it around. So self-care practices are very important as well, um, really in life in general, um, but what are the ways that you can help to protect your own energy? Um, you can use crystals to help during your session. They, um, if you go to any, like, new age shop that sells the crystals and stones, you'll usually be able to find a certain amount of them that are, um, part of their uses specifically for helping to protect psychic energy and to help, um, you stay clear of, you know, attracting other people's negativity and taking it on and cleansing your cards regularly like regularly especially if you're just using them for yourself probably not as regular only cleanse them as regularly with yourself unless it's a particularly hefty reading and you feel intuitively like you really need to clean these cards (laughs) um but I try to do it every couple of card draws and then also every person so I usually use separate decks for myself and others but sometimes I don't but I just make sure that I cleanse them very well and I use sage mostly and I'll definitely include a lot more in the the companion guide and maybe in the next um, part of the podcast but sometimes you know I'll do a reading and immediately feel this like Oh, man, I need to light some sage and cleanse all of this out. <laughs> so protection of your own energies. And your space is kind of important, too, sometimes. Um, just as long as you feel safe and comfortable and open and in a place where you can let go and actually fully connect in a safe place. Which all of this I'm going to go a lot more in-depth in. Depth in, in the, um, our tarot 102. I'll do 201 who knows, we'll name it later. (laughs) Okay, so the last topic that we're going to cover today, and um, then I will pick up next time with how to choose your perfect deck. Um, So today our last topic is reversals, and this is pretty different for every practitioner, um, every deck, And so you kind of end up picking up what you feel is best. And that's like with all of this, isn't it? You have the general information and then you make it all your own. And that's beautiful and that's good. That's what you're supposed to do. And so um, I have three different decks and I use the guidebooks, you know, that are specific for that deck. Um, And not all decks offer reverse meanings. Meanings. (laughs) I use the wild unknown. as my number one deck, and it does not include reversals, um, because they say that there are plenty of negative cards in the deck, or cards that can convey um, a darker, you know, meaning, so they don't include them, because, you know, it means you don't really have to use those reversals, because the universe, if they want to convey something of a more negative nature, there's plenty of cards for them to use to do so. Now, there are still times where um, I might feel like a non or a card that pulled reversed was supposed to be that way. Um, so, majority of the times with the Wild Unknown, I will not read reversals. But if I pull a reverse card before I turn it right side up, I will ask myself, is this reversal important? And then I either wait, for, I feel a yes or a no, and then I decide. When it's a yes, I'll go on the internet or to of my other books and compare the cards to the reversed meanings and um, find what resonates. And so it's good to know both, um, or to eventually know both. Um, I definitely recommend learning the upright meanings first, because, damn, there's, like, well, depending on what deck you have, there's, like, 70 to 80, and that is a lot of information to memorize along with all of the other nuances, (laughs) so don't overwhelm yourself, start small, and, like, you know, a lot of people will start with, like, just pulling one card, we'll go into a lot more of the spreads and such later, Um, but yeah, thanks guys. Um, I am really excited to be just delivering, um, this to you and to be hosting tarot school (laughs) in a way. I'm going to be doing a couple of, um, IGTVs and some Facebook lives probably to help supplement this and to get people excited about tarot cards and, maybe if anybody wants to learn, um, I'm going to be offering myself as a bit of a teacher to help guide. So if you're looking to start reading, or if you are looking to have a reading done, please, you can visit my Facebook, um, Instagram page. You can search for my podcast on Spotify, whatever way you want to contact me, that's beautiful. But I appreciate everybody for stopping by. Um, and I wanted to make this one not super long, so we're going to pick off next time in Tarot Part 2, starting with choosing a deck, which is, like, to me, one of my favorite parts, because decks have art, and they're pretty and shiny, and who doesn't love that? (laughs) All right, so I hope everybody has a beautiful Monday. Um, please take care, and... Tell the universe what you're grateful for today. Namaste, everyone.